Well, I've really enjoyed the previous presentations, and it's an honor to be here today to discuss cognitive enhancing medications. I'm a clinical neurologist at Mayo Clinic in Florida. I should add that uh, my presentation represents my own views, not that of my institution. Um, I, uh, I did prepare this lecture without the aid of cognitive enhancing uh, medications just to, to assign credit where credit is due. And, and I will be mentioning off-label use because that's the nature of our talk today. Um, in fact, um, I, I don't know about the rest of you. Um, maybe some of you can do this. I can't to keep up with the volume of scientific literature that's coming out. Uh, my brain can't take in uh, everything, even in my own specialty. It's a real challenge to keep up. So. Um, you can't hear me? Can't. Ah. Well, I can hear you. So just as we need a microphone to enhance the volume of my voice for the room, um, would, uh, would it be good to take a medication to enhance my ability to keep up with, with the literature, with other needs in the profession? In the news, I read recently that Adderall, uh, a stimulant, received an honorary degree from Harvard. Um, I think it's... Uh, uh, I think it's a joke issue, but uh, very interesting. The synthetic psychostimulant was warmly praised by the president of the university who called Adderall a stirring testament to what the human mind can achieve when chemically altered by a combination of dextroamphetamine and racemic DL-amphetamine salts. In its 14 years of availability by prescription, Adderall, according to the article, uh, has had a profound and wide-reaching effect on the works of countless academics contributing to an estimated 3.2 million research papers and blazing the trail for several thousand grants, fellowships, and high-grade point averages that followed. Back to the real world. There's been a lot of interest in, in drugs like this, use on campuses, um, off-label use, uh, diverted prescriptions, and so forth, which raises a lot of interesting questions in bioethics. Um, should we be using drugs that sharpen focus uh, boost memory, sustain attention, uh, etc., cetera, uh, to improve uh, the brain. Uh, on Facebook this week, I learned about this. Um, this is my daughter, Ashley, who's a college student, and she posted on her Facebook page that she was utterly spent. Uh, there's so much caffeine swimming around in my system right now, I'm shaking, twitching, and my heart is pounding in my chest, and yet I still feel mentally stunned and about to collapse. She stayed up all night drinking energy drinks to write a final paper for her class, and, and after that drove two hours to campus to turn it in and attend class. And so my wife uh, called her and said, please take a nap before you go back home. We didn't want her falling asleep. Uh, later that afternoon on the road. So this is how we communicate with our children these days, uh, Facebook and other um, virtual media. Uh, I was glad to learn about this uh, in time to, uh, to contact her. So she's doing fine now. She did well in the paper. Um, is that a good thing? The next time she has uh, a deadline like this, is she more likely to use uh, caffeine? Or if, if, for example, hypothetically, she had a roommate that had some leftover uh, pills for Adderall. Would it, would it be a good thing? I don't think she would do that, but, but this is our culture now. Back to the 17th century, uh, Rene Descartes said, uh, if it is possible to find some means that generally renders men more wise and more capable than they have been up until now, 
Descartes said, I believe that we must seek this for medicine. Can you hear me now? Is it turned on? Ah, okay. All right, we'll try that. I don't want to go too much into the types of drugs, just to say there are a number of categories of medications that we might be talking about, developed to treat disease, for example, uh, drugs to improve memory, to treat dementia, Alzheimer's disease. Uh, we can modulate mood, attention, wakefulness, and, and, and the list goes on. We could add to this list oxytocin based on the previous lecture. All of these things affect the brain in various ways. And uh, once we have uh, drugs available to treat disease, the option is available within legal and professional standards to use these drugs uh, to enhance cognitive function in those who are healthy. Health, what are we talking about when we say the healthy? Well, in, in medicine, we think of uh, ensuring good health, protecting people from disease, preventing disease, relief from disorderly bodily function. But there's perhaps an expanded definition of health suggested by the World Health Organization, for example, defining health to be a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. So it brings in this whole dimension of well-being, not only the physical, but the mental, uh, the social, and the spiritual. This expanded definition of health, in fact, it brings with it a tacit uh, understanding of all human needs and perceptions of being something maybe that could be addressed within a medical framework. Uh, should biotechnology be the solution to all of these various forms of human suffering? The policy questions that arise from this, well, we have policies to protect our personal freedoms, uh, uh, legislation and, and so forth to provide uh, opportunities for education and research, to regulate commerce, distribute resources, uh, regulate public health resources, et cetera. There are deeper questions that uh, are more difficult to get at through policy discussions concerning the nature of human intelligence, how we ought to use our minds, and the purpose for which we have intelligence. And that's where bringing in a theological discussion can help uh, to develop a, a, a thicker understanding of these deeper questions. There are professional standards uh, questions that arise. Should physicians be involved in prescribing uh, cognitive-enhancing drugs for the healthy? Uh, if it became the norm to do so, would physicians continue to be free uh, not to honor such requests uh, from healthy individuals? There are also questions of funding priorities. Uh, we live in an aging society. The incidence of Alzheimer's disease, uh, just one example, uh, is projected to be several fold what it is now in a few decades. We need research uh, for better treatments, uh, preventive treatments, hopefully, to. Uh, yes. That's a different discussion, a different drug, perhaps. Um, <clears throat> well, how much funding should we devote to uh, Alzheimer's research? I think we should devote a lot. Should we also devote funding to developing uh, pharmacologic drugs targeted to the healthy brain? Uh, how should we proportion those two needs? Um, should uh, 
knowledge of basic neuroscience be applied to develop drugs to treat uh, the healthy. That's being done now. Uh, not only are we developing drugs to treat disease, but new drugs are being envisioned, uh, developed uh, for applications that extend beyond disease. In all of these cases, we also need to decide how to spend public resources for research into safety studies, particularly long-term safety studies. Uh, we have, in the realm of pol public policy, legal questions. Uh, how should the pharmaceutical industry be regulated, particularly in regard to direct-to-consumer advertising? And then how should uh, new drugs that affect the brain be classified? Which ones should be controlled substances? How tightly should their use be regulated? Should any of them be available over the counter? We have caffeine over the counter, uh, which I think is acceptable. Uh, might we see something like modafinil over the counter uh, in the future? Uh, we have social and institutional expectations and standards. How should we evaluate the trade-off uh, between uh, emphasizing brighter minds and weighing that against the risk of drugs? And then who gets to decide that? Uh, should drugs be avail made, made available to improve students if it would improve their test scores? Uh, would it be good to offer um, enhancing medications on my daughter's campus uh, so that uh, one could stay up all night and not have the risk of, of getting drowsy the next day and perhaps falling asleep driving home? Um, should students be tested for the presence of enhancing drugs? Is, is there a fairness question here? Um, perhaps her classmate didn't take energy drinks, staying up all night. Um, is, did she have an unfair advantage over others by doing that? Personally, I think she might have written a better paper if she had started much earlier. Uh, that's, that's, my, that's a parent's view. Um, should professionals be encouraged to take enhancing drugs if it were to improve safety or quality? Um, so we have all of these uh, questions. Uh, how would government, uh, uh, is, how is government equipped to address these policy questions for us? Well, the NIH, uh, and of course the director of the NIH will be speaking to this meeting tonight. We, we can ask him uh, then. Uh, its mandate is for health. It doesn't have written into the mandate uh, an obligation to make the public better than well. We could argue, well, what's the difference between uh, health and better than health? Um, the FDA, uh, their mandate concerns uh, safety of uh, foods and medications. But some of these enhancement applications could be off-label and might not be under the jurisdiction of the FDA. We have insurance uh, questions. Well, would health insurance, uh, if it became uh, a government program, would, would enhancements be covered? Should we expect that in our plan? And then would access to enhancements, if they are good for us, be equal? Um, and then how will the, the courts decide whether someone, say a healthy individual, has the right to determine their own brain chemistry? Uh, should it be a right to become enhanced with a drug, or should one have the right to remain unenhanced? Um, I'm not going to try to answer all of these questions, but I would like to outline some of the major ethical arguments that have been advanced uh, concerning this complicated issue. Uh, on, the f on the side of favoring, favoring enhancing drugs, we have the obligation to respect autonomy. 
that is that people have the right to self-determination, including over perhaps over one's brain chemistry. Uh, we have the appeal to inevitability. Well, the drugs are already here. More on the way. We, we can't stop them. So uh, the best we can do is decide how to use them. It's not really an ethical principle, but it's a rhetorical argument that's made. There's also the difficulty of subjectivity. Uh, cognitive inadequacy, if that were a diagnosis, is something that's subjectively gauged. And we have our experience in treating uh, pain and fatigue uh, to let, uh, that, that informs us that it may be difficult to discern uh, whether someone who feels cognitively inadequate as compared to their perception of culture uh, is uh, impaired or is simply healthy. On the safety side, uh, there was a study, uh, to just to briefly summarize, looking at uh, driving errors uh, by adolescents with attention deficit disorder. And they could reduce driving errors by giving them a stimulant. Well, uh, I don't think the study has been done, but what if the, the same study were done on adolescents without ADHD? Isn't it possible that uh, a stimulant medication might reduce driving errors in normal individuals too? Well, if it did, uh, should we require truck drivers uh, to take uh, stimulant medications to reduce the rate of accidents? Um, we don't have the studies yet. Perhaps they will be done. But if there were safety implications, how would that affect our view on how to use these? This was a, a fascinating study of, of normal, um, uh, non-demented uh, older adults in a flight simulator. Fascinating discussion on virtual reality earlier. And uh, donepazil, which is used to treat Alzheimer's disease, it enhances memory slightly. Uh, these pilots uh, were given uh, in a flight simulator uh, donepazil, and they did better on scores of, of uh, handling emergencies and approaching the runway. Uh, if your plane were going down, would you want your pilot to be on this drug? And now communication wasn't improved. And so we see immediately that enhancing one aspect of intelligence may not enhance other aspects that are important. So we have the option in my field of medicine, well, should we enhance the physician? Uh, suppose that studies were done. Uh, they haven't been done yet to my knowledge, but uh, so we could do such studies show that r rates of medical error could be reduced by giving, you name it, uh, some, any stimulant drug, any enhancing drug, um, and suppose our productivity could be increased. Would that be a good thing? Uh, should the patient have a right to request, request care from an enhanced physician? Uh, if that were a good thing, then would hospitals or clinics be justified, maybe insurance companies, in encouraging or requiring physicians to take an enhancing drug? Would the benefits in terms of productivity, efficiency, error reduction outweigh uh, some personal risk to the physician. We're used to taking uh, risks, uh, compromising our health, perhaps staying up all night taking care of patients anyway. What's a little more risk? Uh, and I know that there is a lot of scientists in the room also, so we could ask the same question. Should uh, funding agencies uh, require or expect more productivity from basic scientists uh, by uh, if, you, uh, if the norm became to take an enhancing drug? Uh, could we uh, cut your research budgets and expect the same level of productivity? Uh, would that be a way to help our economy uh, or help science expect more from you with uh, the help of a drug? 
So we have ethicists on both sides of the question, making strong arguments. This article from Nature in 2008 by a group of bioethicists, uh, we should welcome new methods, they say, of improving our brain function in a world in which uh, human work spans and lifespans are increasing. Um, we need pharmacological tools to help us there. And, and uh, another statement by another group of bioethicists, more skeptical view, when enhancement is the sole intention of the use of biotechnology, when there is no disease present but only the desire to pursue perfection, immortality, super performance, a competitive edge, and so forth, there seems little justification for physician participation and good reasons for morally excluding it. So we have on the other side the arguments against enhancement. There are safety concerns. Always the first question when it comes to a new drug. All drugs, of course, have potential side effects, um, and they may be more serious at higher doses. Uh, we have the precautionary principle. The brain is incredibly complicated. We don't understand everything about how it works. So there could be unforeseen consequences, uh, and we demand a particularly high level of precaution in children because the brain is developing, and we don't know what the long-term consequences may be. Uh, I, there's an epileptologist in the, in the audience who would tell you that a stimulant drug could lower the threshold for having a, an epileptic seizure. That's a potential risk as well. And the decision whether to take an enhancing drug may not be free of coercion. I've alluded to that already. Already on campuses, it, you, it, students know that other students are using uh, drugs to increase their performance around exam time, for example. Uh, so there is subtle pressure there to keep up with your competitors who may already be using them. There are principles of justice at stake, and I just want to point out one example. This is a, a graph projecting what the uh, physician supply versus demand will be in another 15 years or so. And there's kind of a physician shortage predicted based upon medical need. If we were to tack on to healthcare needs that we already have, a lot of healthy people coming to see us asking for enhancing medications, would there be enough physicians and nurses to handle uh, that increased demand? It might exacerbate the shortage. Also, I have concerns about overemphasizing performance in our society. Uh, there are other cognitive goods that we as Christians would embrace. Uh, goods such as altruism, charity, compassion, humility, uh, aspects of human worth that are not related to material achievement. And there is the tendency when we focus on enhancing memory or alertness or cognition in some limited aspect to take a reductionistic view of the human mind and of the self and to uh, esteem instrumental uh, value of humans rather than um, more deeper values. And so which aspect of cognition should be enhanced if we, if we focus on, say, short-term memory? Uh, would we be overlooking or neglecting other aspects of, of, of ref deep reflection and understanding and wisdom that involve higher areas of the brain that the drug may not help? It may, uh, we may be moving past those important areas that require a more considered, maybe more, more uh, uh, thinking at length. Uh, so if we press any aspect of cognition to the extreme, uh, might we be diminishing other more important aspects? Um, this slide makes the same point. 
so for time, I'm, I'm going to move on to this picture. And in looking for non-copyright protected images for my presentation, I, I came across this clip art from Microsoft. It shows a physician working there. And would you say, in this picture, would you say she's drowsy, fatigued, overworked, maybe just lazy, or under-enhanced? Now, how you answer that question may be influenced by whether it would be the norm in our culture to take an enhancing drug, supposing that became more common. We might give her a cup of coffee. Uh, but how do you evaluate her? Um, and uh, I can tell you how Microsoft has already answered the question for us, because there's a title to this uh, clip art. Uh, Lazy Doctor Going Over Reports was the name of this uh, clip art. So there's already a negative judgment on her. She, you know, she's not fitting in. She's not keeping up. There may be good reasons for that. But uh, how, how would we react to someone like this in the workplace as, as a Christian? You need an enhancing drug? I'm not sure that's the right answer. So today's enhanced professional, um, and I'm a type A person, detail-oriented neurologist myself, always trying to do more. There's always the danger that we may be rushing into becoming tomorrow's exhausted professional. Um, someone earlier mentioned uh, Swinson's book, Margin, which I highly recommend. Um, as reorienting ourselves to uh, what's truly important in medicine, when ethical considerations are unclear, it always helps to uh, remember what's in the best interest of the patient. Um, Pascal in the 17th century reminded us that there is an infinite abyss that can be filled, not with pharmaceuticals, but with an infinite and immutable object, in other words, by God himself. Which brings me to the purpose of human intelligence. Um, and I look to the Westminster Catechism uh, to, to, uh, to summarize this, encapsulate it for you, uh, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And what shape might that take? Can pharmaceuticals get us to that point? I, I, I'm skeptical that they can ultimately cure the deepest of human needs. There is a more excellent way. Uh, scripture tells us that Christ's grace is sufficient for us, for his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles him, himself will be exalted. There's a reverse um, uh, uh, ethic uh, to what our culture tells us about performance being the ultimate goal. In fact, in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So uh, to, uh, to summarize, the, the healthy brain is not just a computational mechanism. It's a gift to be appreciated and understood for all that it can do. Uh, stimulants are probably not a healthy substitute for restorative rest sleep, the measures that God has given us to restore the brain. In fact, um, there's good evidence that physical exercise does a lot more to improve cognition, whether you have normal memory or whether you have dementia, than any of the medications that are currently available. Human worth, achievement, and character should not be overly medicalized. Uh, there is a wisdom in realizing our human limitations and accepting imperfections in ourselves and in others. Uh, the goal of personal perfection, which enhancement aims toward, is elusive, insatiable, and ultimately the belief that drugs can deliver us from all pain and suffering is misplaced. 
Um, what we need most is trust in God, keeping company, attachment with those who suffer, uh, compassion, diligence, study, self-denial, and perhaps some water. So I'll, I'll take uh, a few questions at this point.